you've got to look at everything in your practice and see. And as you were talking, I was going through my practice, how many times I changed the walls, changed the practice in my first space. And then we built our second space and we completely built it for, you know, just again, even more volume. And because we saw that always built for flow. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. What's up, Remarkables? Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. <laughs> Good morning, Dr. Pete. Good morning. Hey, we're super excited to be with you guys, as always, as usual. Man, we just love the idea of we're helping more people help more people. So thanks so much for joining us. We love this podcast. We love this platform. What an outlet it is, Dr. Pete. It's almost like our weekly workshops. Man, workshop was always just such an outlet for me. It's like, let me at them. <laughs> people are like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to do a workshop this week. I'm like, are you kidding me? I had to do workshop this week. And that's the way I feel about our podcast now, man. It's just so nice to be able to reach it's just like, it feels like an infinite number of people through all of our CEOs and our listeners out there, man. I just so grateful for this platform and love this episode because it's part of a, just a bigger series called the big seven, which is the seven reasons your patients are dropping out of care. You know what? I know that you guys think like I do, and you know that we're in the business of saving lives. And when business is good, everybody wins. We know that losing patients is off purpose and it's bad for business. So in the throes of this study around why do your patients drop out of care, man, we're going to zoom in today on one concept that most people don't talk about. Most people, they're sort of lost in this topic and this conversation because really this is one of those death by a thousand cuts conversations, right? Today, what we're going to talk about is something that is invisible, right? And we're going to make the invisible visible. This is when people drop out of care because of flow issues in your practice. Now, this situation is where you're making it harder to be a patient and stay under care than it needs to be. Okay. So what ultimately, listen, we know the truth. Being a chiropractic patient under regular chiropractic care can be a bit of a pain in the ass. It can be hard to be a patient. Now, we're not going to try to take something that's hard and make it easy, but man, we got to take something that's hard and make it easier. You just have to stop making it harder. You know, I am, um, you know, my team would say that I was an, an obsessive about things like flow. And I think when you see high volume, it changes you like something has to break, like things break. And so flow is everything. It, it actually all comes back to flow. And we're going to unpack some I think really cool concepts here today with this podcast. So for all of you who are tuning in, very wise, because I'll tell you right now, no matter where you are, if you want to go to another place, this one has to be right. You got to get the flow right. You know, I'm thinking about the pandemic and when it got crazy in the grocery store. And I'm just going to tell you something right now. I did not do well with the whole arrow situation. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but you know what? Human beings were designed to just be able to walk up and down grocery store aisles and kind of get stuff. So I had these weird things happening. Like never before in history, like I like grocery shopping in, in our house. I actually like going to the grocery store. It's kind of the, one of the things that I like to do. I do it for the family a lot of the times. 
It's kind of like my thing. It's a happy place for me normally, except when it wasn't. And the reason why it wasn't was I hated the flow setup. <laughs> I hated the whole concept of having arrows and like, and then you had to get in certain lines and you had to stand in a certain way in the line. And then it was just weird. And, it, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole whether you had to wear a mask or not. I'm not going to get into that. It was just, I'm just talking about the actual flow of like a very simple process called going to get the groceries. And all of a sudden it became so hard. I was like, you know, what? I don't want to go to the grocery store anymore. I, I just don't want to do it. I, I don't even want to face number one, the environment. I don't, I don't like the feeling of how I feel there. I hate the dang arrows. And you know what? I was the guy that would not go the right way and then realize halfway down, like, I'm going the wrong way. Be like, but my item is like right there and I just need to grab it. And that's like, you know, in the beginning of the whole situation, I walked back and would go around. Like halfway through, you're like, screw it, grab the dang thing and go. But it's like, I didn't know you were going to go here, Dr. B, but I think that's a really good metaphor. I mean, it's just like the reality is, is when you look at a supermarket, supermarkets are built for flow, right? They're designed for flow, get people in, get what they need, get them out, right? So it's like literally all of a sudden that was disrupted, right? All of a sudden we introduced all of this friction, right? So we started to interrupt that natural flow of what we all knew to, like literally when you think about it, you know, store concept has evolved over time to optimize flow. And so it's everything's about optimizing flow and exposure all the way through the thing, right? So it's a beautiful example of what happens when all of a sudden you disrupt that and how it feels so clunky, right? And all of a sudden the, the atmosphere changes, the attitude changes, like the whole experience of it changes. And man, I'm like you, man, I just wanted to stay out of there, right? So, you know, it's a, I think it's a really good metaphor for what we're talking about today because immediately I'm sure when I said flow, people started thinking about like how bodies move through their practice through the physical space, right? So, you know, that's certainly one potential source of flow issues, right? So that may be the pain point for you, but there are so many of these flow issues. Like when you're making it harder than it should be to be your patient and stay under care, be aware that this is like a 360 degree view of your business. Like I'm talking about your location sucks or the traffic flow around your office sucks or your parking sucks or your hours suck, right? Or the way you guys answer the phone or the way you process emails or communicate via text, like your communications are off or your team is off, right? Never mind like the flow through your practice is clunky or your wait time is thrown off or you're, you know, you're always falling behind or like the physical plant, the way your adjustatorium works, like your process, your procedures, your scripting, all of these things can create friction in the process. And ultimately, Dr. Pete, all of these things push people out the door. It's death by a thousand cuts. And we have to address each one of these and reconcile these things and knock the corners off of these things so we can increase flow and patient retention. Dr. Steven, I mean, it's just such an important subject. I'm so like all the ones you brought up and just all the scenarios. And I think Honestly, Dr. Steven, now, today, more than ever before, people are less tolerant because people have become so used to this. Everything has become easy. Like, I don't even have to take a credit card out of my pocket anymore. I literally walk in with my phone and I hold my phone over a thing and I pay by clicking two times. I'm like, why don't I have to click just once? I have to click the dang thing two times so that the thing comes up and then it cl- it's like, what are you like, but that what, what this is, this is speaking into the situation. It just is the way that it is a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, people were tough. 
people were, they were tough. I mean, I grew up not even that long ago and I was way tougher than what I feel like the kids are today. It's just, and I'm not saying we're better. I'm just saying it was just tough. Like life was inconvenient. There was a little more inconvenience. You just dealt with it. Like, it's just how you go, like get over it, man. Now it's like, we're looking for the easiest, simplest, fastest, coolest, smoothest, you know, way. And everything could be personalized and customized and all these things. So this culture is the culture we live in. It is in the 2020s. I mean, this is the culture of today. We have to understand that have to stay relevant. It doesn't mean your message changes. That's the beautiful thing about chiropractic. The principle is the principle. We stand on a bedrock of truth. The same yesterday, today will always be the truth. It's it, But these elements of how the experience is for me as a customer in your practice, as a patient, everything you said, Dr. Steven, from the moment I opted into this to sign up for your webinar on how to bulletproof my immune system to how your team followed up with me and, and to what it felt like to have to download the paperwork or that I have to come in to get the paperwork. I mean, every detail, guys, every single detail matters, either pushes somebody away or it draws them in. And you have to think about it like that every step of the way. So Doc Steven, you say this all the time. It's interesting. You say being a chiropractic patient is a pain in the ass. And and I think it's interesting that you say that, but it, it is. Being a chiropractic patient is hard. It's hard. It's hard to do that. And so we can't make it any harder than it already is, right? So the question is, how easy is it to be a patient in your office? Another very you know, codifying question would be, would you be a patient in your practice and ask your team, would you be a patient here? I mean, a lot of them maybe were patients or get care, but like, if you had to be a patient here, would you want to be a patient here? You know, it's really important to look at this because it is hard and we don't want to take something that's already hard and make it harder. So Dr. Steven, you know, we like doing SWOT analysis, but if you looked at all of the elements, you know, and the capacity, things that are blocking capacity in your practice right now. As a CEO, you should be doing an audit, an assessment of your practice quarterly, you know, biannually, at least annually, says, what is the client, customer experience from day zero all the way through? And is there anything in that journey that's hard, that's clunky, that's difficult, that adds more stress? Is there anything that we can do? to make the experience for the people more remarkable? And that's a question we have to continually ask ourselves. And because of the culture of today and the way that people are living and the way that things are, we have to stay on top of this because I'm telling you, people are they're searching and they're willing to take their business quote unquote elsewhere if it gets harder than it needs to be. There's a totally different economy today than there was five years ago, never mind 15 years ago. And, you know, it used to be okay to just be remarkable. And I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, right? So if one part of what you did was remarkable, that was enough, right? But that's just not the truth anymore, right? So man, they were awesome, right? That was just amazing. It was, I got remarkable results. It was a terrible pain in the ass, but I got remarkable results. Oh, this was awesome because the people are, they're super nice, really smart. They're giving, caring, loving, right? So, you know, but it's a real pain in the ass to be a patient, but the people are under us, but, but they are remarkable, right? Oh, the place is really cool. The work that they do, it's top notch, great adjustments, great technology. I mean, the, the process is a pain in the ass, but man, they are remarkable, right? They were awesome. I said, that's the standard is today is easy and awesome. 
Okay. It had to be remarkable, to be truly remarkable. You've got to be easy and awesome. Okay. So it's got to be easy to get the awesome. And we've got to always try to make it easier for people to get to the awesome, right? So always check yourself where in our process is this clunky? Where is the resistance? Where is the friction? Where is it hard to get what they want? Right? So you, you got to constantly, like you said, be, you got to be auditing this on a regular basis. Like look at your hours, When's the last time you looked at your schedule? Like, is this what the world needs now? Is this what the world wants now? Hey, things have changed. You know, what we looked at in 2020 and now into 2021, there's a good deal of people that are working from home. You've probably already noticed in your practice that your busy hours, your quote unquote prime time, have they changed? Have you seen a shift in that? Right. So have you seen people coming at different times now? Because the old nine to fiver, you know, that whole schedule. I mean, I know what my place looked like before nine o'clock in the in the morning or between four and six at night. I mean, it is just look like the New York Stock Exchange at my office, right? So I get it, right? So is that still true? I'm not saying it's not. I'm asking you, is it true for you and your community? Or is that maybe a busy time because those are the times that you're available and you scheduled it that way because of how things used to be, right? So at least 35% of people are still going to stay home and work. That's the projection. Some say 65% and almost everyone's going to be on a mixed schedule. So do you need to take that into consideration? Is it time to say, hey, you know what? Our old schedule now is a bit wonky relative to what was, right? So audit that thing. Take a look at your floor plan. Take a look at your layout. Take a look at your front desk. My goodness, man, my patients thought I was out of my mind because I was swinging a hammer in the practice all the time. The front desk that we designed beautifully in the beginning was just so spectacular. That practice layout was awesome right up to 400 a week, right? And then we had bottlenecks all over the place, right? And then we split check-in CA, check-out CA. We had this beautiful design all set up. And then you know what? That wasn't enough anymore. We had to swing the hammers, right? To get out the saws all, right? So we had to open this thing up. And that took us from 400 to 700 patients a week, right? And then guess what? We had to knock a wall down and take over some space next door to us. We had to open up a patient education center because it got really wonky because we didn't have enough hot seats. Next thing you know, we, so you've got to look at the physical plan and say, do I need a bigger container? right? Do I need a bigger container to fit this flow into? Do I need to change that layout? We literally, I know I was laughing, Dr. Pete, when you said the arrows on the floor, because the arrows on the floor in the supermarket always reminds me of our practice. When we opened up our practice in such a way that you could go all the way around our front desk, we literally had people check in and they would flow into the office on one side of the desk and flow out on the other side because I wanted them flowing by check-in on the way in. And I wanted to force the function of them flowing out through checkout CA so that they checkout CA could catch them on the way out, right? So literally, if people were going the wrong direction, we'd go clockwise around our desk. We would stop you and be like, whoa, 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 Pete, careful. You're going to screw up with the polarity of the office. <laughs> people would be like, oh, geez, I'm sorry. They had no idea what we were talking about. Neither do we. I just wanted to make sure that we had a flow in our office, just like a traffic, right? So traffic flow. You got to look at these things and say, functionally, where is their clunkiness? Where is their breakdown? Where are we making it harder? Look at your process, your procedures. Where are you getting backed up? You know, look at your schedule book as to how you block schedule. When are your reports? When are your report of findings? When are new patients? When are you falling behind? Is it your process, your procedure, your scripting? Is it your team? Is it your team training that's falling behind and creating that friction, right? So you got to audit this thing and you got to say, man, where are we making it harder for people to stay under regular chiropractic care? Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. 
If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. So the question is, Doc, and this is a real like go back to your practice kind of podcast episode. Some of our episodes are, are more like that and some are, are maybe not quite as much, but this one is that I really do think that, you know, as we're doing this, as I'm sharing this, like I'm immediately going back to get out pen and paper, walk through your practice and with your team and just literally, and I have, I've had, you know, clients do this, go get with your team, everybody get paper, go outside and then walk the parking lot and walk through, like walk the whole premise, walk through and just do it all. And think about it all and then get out your paperwork and get out and walk through this, the paperwork, walk through, try to book appointments on your website and try to like, just go through the process and literally start looking at everything that you, because what happens is we get established and then we think, all right. And then we move on. Yeah. This is how we've always done it. Right? This is just how we've always done it. And I'll tell you how you've always done it is exactly what's holding you back from getting to the next level to going to becoming remarkable or to being more awesome and having easy, having both, you know? And so it's the audit, it's gotta be built into a rhythm. We talk about how the CEO, the hallmark of a remarkable CEO is you plan, you prepare, you execute, you assess, and you repeat. The repeat, this is what I'm bringing up here. You have to repeat this process. So whatever that cadence is, you know, like some of you say, when's the last time you changed your fees? How frequently do you do that? That type of a thing. When you do an assessment of your practice, when you look at, like you said, we're hitting a bottleneck. We're at this volume, 400. How do we go from 400 to 700? Well, we got out the hammer, got out the sawzall, and we changed a couple of other things as well. We looked at our day one. We looked at our day two. We looked at our way we did progress exams, progress reports. We looked at how we did all these things. Like You've got to look at everything in your practice and see. And as you were talking, I was going through my practice, how many times I changed the walls, changed the practice in my first space. And then we built our second space and we completely built it for, you know, just again, even more volume. And because we saw, but it always built for flow. It was so easy to be not only a, a patient, but it was easy to be a doctor. It was easy to be a CA because here's the thing. If the rub, if you say, where's the rub, right? Great question asked. Where's the rub? If the rub is at the front desk for one of your team members, because of the way that it's set up, fix it. If the rub is for the doctors, the way that that's set up, fix it. If the rub is for the doctors is for in the back office it, where you're doing x-rays and exams, fix it. Where's the rub? Is the rub your paperwork? Fix it. Is the rub, you know, the financials, how you're doing financials? Fix it. If your rub is your report of findings right now, change it, fix it. Where's the rub? Yeah. It's like a honey-do list, what you're describing, Dr. Beat, is that's what you're going to come up with. It's not going to be one thing. It's going to be you're going to get this checklist and really the, a great way to turn the lights on at the dance and expose those rubs is just at your next team meeting or call up a huddle on the team on this specifically and just say, all right, if we were to double this practice next week, okay, so for it 200 a week and 400 a week showed up next week, the following week, 
the following week and the following week after that. And four weeks in a row, we saw 400 a week with all the new patients that it would take to be at 400 a week, all the reports, et cetera. If we did double this practice next week and did that for the next four weeks, where would we break? And then go from player to player, check in CA. Where would we break down a check-in? Check out CA. Where would we break down? Where, what do you see, right? Tech CA, where would you break down? Exam DC, where would we break down? Office manager, where do you see? Adjusting doctors, where would we break down, right? And what you're going to do is you're going to expose all those things right now that are in the stretch zone, maybe going into the stress zone, and we're trying to get them out of the break and keep them out of the breakdown zone, right? So Dr. Pete, I know we're going to do a, a whole series on capacity blockages, right? So we have the eight big capacity blocks that we see. I think that's a series that's coming up here soon where we're going to break down really specifics. But like you said, you've got to create that checklist and just knock each one of them down. It's literally like buffing it out, knocking off the corners to improve the flow. I can remember, and I'm going to date myself here, right? Now I'm going back 25 years, you know, 23 years in practice. I went through a lot of different technology evolutions, right? So I went from a paper book. We literally had these big books that we used to have a custom made by a printer because we were seeing so many patients. They didn't make a paper book that could fit 200 people a day in the practice, right? So we'd open the big paper book and then we went to right? And went to our EHR, electronic health record systems, right? So we went into a, you know, a computerized system. What a blessing that was to be able to make appointments and change appointments and keep records, et cetera, from instead of like patient travel cards, we actually had everything on a computer, man, you might be chuckling right now, but some of you are smiling and being like, I remember those days, right? I can remember how that improved our flow, how people would swipe in at the front desk with their card instead of writing on a piece of paper that they had arrived. I mean, what a big deal that is. Instead of calling people or marching people back to the rooms, having an electronic calling system that called people to the tables, what a big deal that is increasing that flow. How about going from taking plain film radiographs, x-rays with chemicals, and then upgrading to digital x-ray and having those x-rays ready in real time. Man, what an incredible flow, that improvement on flow. We were seeing 700 people a week and pulling x-rays, right? So I'm a Gonstead doctor, so I want to see my films at every visit, right? So my poor associate doctors, they spent most of their time pulling travel cards and x-rays. Man, no one was happier than they were when we upgraded to digital x-ray. Talk about improving flow, and then you start adding technologies like SCED, man. I love SCED. What an awesome idea. It's like being able to talk about knocking off the corners around making appointments, changing appointments, keeping track of your schedule book and communications with your patients. I love technology improvements like that. These are all examples of making leaps and bounds and improvement and flow and making it easy for people to not only start care, but to stay under care. Well, Dr. Steven, you know, this is a, a subject that I think, you know, Hopefully you've got your paper, your pen, you've got a plan to meet up with your team and look for, you know, where's the rub in your practice and, and where is it difficult to be a patient? Where is it difficult to be a team member? What, what if you did the double? What would that look like? Where would the breakdown happen? Do that assessment, do that audit with your team, you know, this week or over the next you know, month, do that. It's so powerful. And also, you know, if you like this conversation, if this is striking a chord, if this is important for you, then you're going to love our retention immersion. We've got the retention immersions coming up in North America and Australia. In North America, we're, we're going to be gathering in Chicago, October 22nd and 23rd. We are so fired up. We actually did our last immersion live and in person in Orlando in the summer in North America. It was amazing. It was so good to be together, to actually give each other a hug and to be in a room together and to do that the way it should be. So guys, we're back together in October. Get to this immersion. 
Bring your teams. Your teams need to be with other teams. Who knows what this winter is going to bring, right? Get your teams together so that they're rubbing shoulders with other like-minded chiropractic teams. 100%, Dr. Steven. And uh, we're prepping for it. As a team, we've been working hard preparing for this immersion. It's going to add incredible value. And like Dr. Steven, we always talk about the immersive experience creates an acceleration. What could take you a year or six months, we get it done in a couple of days. That's how fast your team and your business can accelerate and grow as a result of this immersive experience. So you and your team get to Chicago. And again, for all of you on the other side in Australia, that we are determining the dates and location for that event. So make sure you go to remarkablepractice.com events to find out the details for that event. And hey guys, this is part six in a series of seven, we call the big seven, the reasons why your patients drop out of your care, which of course is bad for business. And we're going to pick up with the seventh on our next episode. We're going to be getting into what's called the value economy. We're going to finish with one that buttons the whole thing up. So make sure you remember to tune in next week for the next episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.